From RFM segmentation to K-means segmentation, how do asset managers maximize their strategies for analytical models? You're listening to Nixa Talk, a show aimed at providing building blocks for best practice implementation to executives in the global asset management industry. Nixa Talk features targeted content from Nixa's live webinar programming. More content for your on-the-go, easy listening can be found at nixa.org. I'm Allison Lovett, your Nixa host, and thanks for tuning in to Data Analytics 201. We're back with Jackie Noblet, senior reporter at Ignites, who is speaking with David Lieberman, vice president and product manager at Allbridge Analytics, Lindsay Noble, lead analytics consultant at DST Systems, Greg Piasecki, head of sales at SalesPage Technologies, and Deep Srivastav, head of client strategies and analytics at Franklin Templeton. Let's get started and listen in as David and Greg talk about sourcing data and measuring success. So I'll talk a little bit about sourcing, quote unquote, the right data. So the the determination of what data to include for segmentation is obviously critical. Conceptually, uh, the guiding principle here, it it should remain obvious to you. Uh, A good segmentation variable is one that explains the variance in the use of, of, let's say, your firm's products and services. And so if there's, there's no response to a variable, for instance, um, if, if you're unable to capture, let's say, sales activity or, or AUM, you want to make sure that you're including relevant variables in your model. You don't have to use multiple variables. You can really keep it simple. Uh, it, the, the key point here is that the variables need to have some sort of deferential response to your marketing or sales efforts. So in practice, you may ask a couple questions. Should, should we segment on product usage? So is this an existing client or prospect? The depth of the relationship? Maybe they dropped a ticket in the last six months. Those are types of variables that may indicate product usage and patterns, um, product attributes themselves, whether that's product performance, price sensitivity, uh, and and even consumer responses to, to marketing variables. So the likelihood to buy a new product, uh, response to price promotion, or even the communication response itself. And so I've listed here a couple of sources of information, whether they're through industry providers, third-party participants, obviously your CRM system is a key component here, and it could even be distributors directly. Um, one, one note on the data preparation is, is really make sure that you've got consistent process and frameworks in place. Um, this is somewhat of a, a, an art and a science here where you're, you may need to fill in missing data or normalize specific variables or maybe skewness in the data. And so you need to think specifically about the data. This is an exploratory data analysis tool. So make sure that when you evaluate the data that you're, you're kind of comparing apples to apples, so to speak. Um, but it is okay to break rules from time to time. So if you want to magnify the effect of a variable, uh, you can certainly uh, do that as well. And so again, uh, you want to minimize the noise by only keying in on those uh, really high value metrics to increase the compactness, the, the noise in the cluster creation process. Greg, you know, as the market becomes more dependent on data and, you know, we're starting to move into these uh, sophisticated measurements for um, for measuring uh, effectiveness of data strategies. 
What sort of practical applications are you seeing in the industry in terms of how to measure success and uh, where do distribution, distribution teams using scoring systems or other quantitative methods kind of fit in with that? Thanks, Jackie. Um, and uh, I think what we need to think about here, and we uh, mentioned it earlier on, is the human element, and I'll talk a lot about the art, uh, combining the art and the science. And when you, when you ask about sophistication around the question of measuring effectiveness, I would make the generalization that we as an industry are still in our infancy. And if you look from a 50,000-foot view, I see firms falling into one of three different categories or stages of maturity, if you will. The vast majority of firms fall into the category of still trying to get their data right. This is a major hurdle to anything they want to do. The biggest mistake for firms in this category is when they try to measure against a flawed data set. The danger of those that get overly excited about the data and just say it's good enough will see that they quickly lose the trust of senior managers and turn an already skeptical sales force even more hostile towards any sort of measurement. My recommendation uh, for firms that are in this category is to wait. Wait until you have it right. The risk is just too great. A smaller set of firms have got to the stage where they have completed their due diligence and made final decisions on what outside data they think will be valuable and cost justified. They've integrated this data into a single MDM and have a reliable, accurate, and a single source of truth for all of their firms, offices, and reps. They are now in a solid position to activate and leverage this information across their sales organization. Although they are well positioned to utilize and, and reap the benefits of their investment in this data, measurement of success is still a ways off. My recommendation for this category is to wait on measurement strategies until you are more experienced, educated, and confident in your strategy. Otherwise, you will find yourself wasting effort measuring things that you ultimately become irrelevant. And I do see a lot of firms falling into this trap. Now, the smallest set of firms are in the stage where they have a clean data set, a mature strategy of how their sales and marketing teams are leveraging this data. They're now in a strong position to start asking and answering the following questions. Which data set is valuable and worth its price tag? What are we missing? What are the holes? Are we targeting the right people with the right message? Are we tying email opens with sales lift to activity and data sets? Is our segmentation strategy, a strategy optimized where we have a competitive advantage across product, dealers, and channels? Is our marketing strategy effective and additive to our sales efforts? And finally, how do we actually go and measure these things? Great. So can you give me examples of, you know, what you've, would you consider successful applications of scoring systems? Sure, absolutely. You know, I, I, I've seen firms take a number of different approaches and uh, areas they start to take a more scientific approach in measuring their success. Uh, some of those areas are things like uh, sales lift, marketing, message effectiveness, advisor scoring, advisor segmentation, and some are even going beyond just measuring um, quantity. Now they are factoring in uh, or measuring the quality of the engagement of an advisor for both the internal wholesaler and external wholesaler. Um, 
you know, and, and also what do they uh, calculate as a quality touch point. Now, measuring success scientifically, I think, starts with a strong segmentation strategy that is based on a scoring system that uses all of your available data sources. This is then applied to all levels within your CRM system from the firm, the office, and the rep levels. Once all of these entities have a value, they can be leveraged as a factor in all future measurements of success, and you can begin to answer some of the questions that I've listed before. Uh, segmentation means a lot of things to a lot of different people, and I've seen it used in many, many ways. The most common is to indicate sales potential of an advisor. But I've also seen other segmentation strategies that go way beyond this by creating prospecting buckets by either theme or attempts to be predictive in nature to help focus marketing strategies. As an example, you have determined that based on past behavior of web activity, sales activity, that a group of advisors are likely to have a high probability to be interested in international growth um, uh, strategies. Now, from a uh, boots-on-the-ground uh, practical perspective, incorporating an advisor scoring system will add value in some very significant ways. Uh, so, for example, a lot of times you hear from your salespeople that, you know, their activity is, is a higher quality than those that have more activity. Now you can actually measure the value of their interactions and have a metric to follow that is qualitative rather than just quantitative. You've been listening to Nixa Talk, expert panels discussing today's most compelling asset management issues. Nixa is a trade association and support of professionals within the global financial community. Come back often and feel free to add our podcast to your favorite RSS feed or follow us on Twitter at Nixon News. Access to the complete live programming, including CE credits, is available to Nixon members. For information on how your firm can become a Nixon member, please visit nixa.org and view our membership page. For over 50 years, Nixa has been connecting global asset management participants to discuss and develop industry best practices. Join the conversation today.